0: I went once spent a week on retreat at St. Gregory's Abbey, which is a Benedictine monastery in Shawnee, Oklahoma, of all places. And while I was there, I met a fascinating monk named Brother Kevin. Brother Kevin was really big into motorcycles. In fact, he was so big into motorcycles that he built one himself from the ground up. And one afternoon, a group of us went out to the shed where he kept it so we could take a look up close because he was very proud of his motorcycle. When he pulled the tarp off, we all got close and could immediately see this was no ordinary motorcycle. Friends, the entire thing, and I'm not exaggerating, the whole thing was made out of broken, recycled parts and found objects this man had made a motorcycle out of what other people would call junk. When you got close, it was just this jumble of things that look like bungee cords and weird wires and things like this. But despite the fact that it looked so odd, Brother Kevin said that it was solid as a rock. Uh, apparently, the monks there get a sabbatical every few years and they can travel away from the monastery. So. He said when he got his sabbatical, he rode this motorcycle cross-country thousands of miles and never had a problem. To top it all off, Kevin named his motorcycle. He called it Recycled Grace. I love that, Recycled Grace. Brother Kevin just had this incredible ability to see the potential in broken things. Things that others would just dismiss. Now, I think we can all agree that we live in a society that sees an awful lot of things as disposable. You know, if something's flawed or broken, we just toss it in the trash, right? Not long ago, my husband went out to the local dump, and when he came back, he said, you just would not believe it. It's this huge hole, just chock full of broken sofas and toasters and blenders and TVs and radios. He said, everything you need to fix up a house is probably in that hole. Friends, I don't know about you, but I have trouble remembering the last time I broke something and I tried to find another use for it. Instead, I'm afraid it probably ended up in that dump. There is this pervasive belief in our society that if something is flawed or broken, it's useless. And unfortunately, a lot of us apply that belief to things much more substantive than toasters. I've lost track of a number of folks I've talked with over the years in ministry who see themselves as so flawed so broken somehow that they believe that they are useless, they feel that they don't really have a purpose left in their life. There are a variety of reasons for this. Some folks feel that they are just too sinful, you know, they, they feel like they've messed everything up, and even though they're sorry for it, somehow redemption hasn't percolated down to their heart, so they feel somehow that they can never be used for good in this world. Then there are others that, due to the effects of old age or ill health, feel deeply flawed, broken, useless. And still others have experienced tremendous loss, great grief that has left them feeling as if their life has no purpose anymore, that they can't be used for good in this world. And friends, when we buy into that kind of belief, Well, it leaves us without hope. And I don't believe for a single second that that is God's will for us. I do believe it's important that we're honest about brokenness. You know, sometimes we think we're the only one that has ever felt that way and somehow everybody else's life is perfect. Well, that's simply not true. Brokenness comes to all of us, every single human being. All of us have experienced times of guilt or shame, sadness, grief, you name it. We've all been through that. That's just part of of being a person in our world because our world is a broken place to live. Even the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans in our Texas morning acknowledges that. He says the world is futile, broken. But he also says that there's hope. I hope you heard that. There is hope, he says, because all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Now friends, what does that mean? What is Paul saying here? Well, I think it's important to acknowledge that he's not saying all things are good because they're not. All things are not good. We know that. God gives us a mind to use. We can see that out in the world. All things are not good. There are terrible things that go on in our world, terrible things that happen to us that cause suffering and pain. So, all things are not good. But what Paul does say is that all things work together for good, for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. You see, friends, God, in God's amazing way, is like Brother Kevin times a million. God gathers up all parts of our lives and can use all of it for good. You see, God will not waste your life. I want to say that to you again. God will not waste your life. No, God will use every single part of it if you love him, meaning if you open your heart to him. You are called according to his purpose, you know. Every single one of us is because his purpose is redeeming the world. So God has use for broken things. God will use your life for good if you will let him. And friends, we can see this truth in the world if we just look around, because it's right in front of us all the time. So often it's not the flawless, the perfect, the shiny and new that God uses for greatest good, but instead the small and the broken and the flawed that God uses. Think about it. It takes broken ground to bring up a crop and and broken clouds to give rain and broken grain to make bread and broken bread to feed hungry souls. And it's Peter, Peter, the one who betrayed Jesus in his darkest hour. Peter, weeping bitterly, who raises up to greater power than ever before. God uses broken things for good, and in fact, friends, sometimes it is our very brokenness itself that allows us to meet other people where they are and to be the most powerful channel of God's love and grace in the world. My friend Anne is a great example of this. Anne was one of those kids growing up who was always a social outcast. She never knew why. She's told me several times that she remembers lying in her bed at night as a kid and just wondering what it was about her that brought out the worst in other people. She didn't understand why she was always bullied and ostracized. But she experienced that through all her growing up years. Anne was the kid who didn't have any friends. Anne was the kid who ate alone at lunch and played by herself at recess, and Anne was the kid that nobody would sit by on the bus, and she never ever had a buddy for a field trip unless a teacher assigned someone and made them go with her listening to her talk about these experiences, there are times I have wondered how she survived them. But she did. And then as Anne grew into young adulthood, an amazing thing happened. As she lived into her faith, as she opened her heart more and more to God and God's healing and movement in her life, she experienced God working in the midst of that brokenness. She felt God calling her to a vocation as a therapist. And she became a Christian counselor. In that broken place, in her woundedness, she meets others who are suffering. She's made a tremendous difference in the lives of other people as a counselor and friend. And she has made it a special point to take on clients who are children and teens who have experienced the same kind of bullying and ostracism that she experienced as a young person. She will tell you that God has used that brokenness for good. She is evidence that God does use broken things. And you know, friends, I, I don't have enough time in this sermon to list out all the other examples I could all the other people I've known to the years that have had God work in their life in that way work for good, even in the midst of brokenness. But some of them, I, I have to lift up to you because they're just so powerful in my own life. One is a family that I admire tremendously that uh, are still part of the first church I served. They lost their teenage son, their beautiful teenage son, to a brain tumor. I cannot imagine the pain and the grief that they went through. But they love God. They are some of the most faithful people I've ever known. And they opened themselves to God's work in their lives in the midst of that brokenness. And they felt led to create a foundation in their son's name. And today, the Zach Heffler Memorial Trust exists to support children and their families in the midst of catastrophic illness. They are making a tremendous difference in the lives of others. In all that grief and brokenness, God was at work for good. In that same church, I knew a man named Robert who felt led to create a new ministry to support caregivers because... He had been through so much suffering and frustration and struggle as a long-term caregiver for his mother. That ministry has equipped and supported dozens and dozens and dozens of people who were caring for loved ones long-term. And all of that came out of the fact that he opened his heart to God who works for good even in the midst of brokenness. And then there was the man in my last church who about met me at the door when I began my ministry there. He was one of my first appointments and he told me that he was an alcoholic and that he had nearly ruined his life, but that he had been in recovery for a very long time. And he said, if you ever need somebody, if you ever need somebody who understands this, call me anytime, day or night, I'll be there. And then the day came that I had a family sitting in my office, broken and in tears because their son was drinking himself to death. And I called him and his word was as good as gold. And he came And before I knew it, he had his arms around that family with no judgment, no recrimination, no shame, just love, just grace, just support. And he helped that young man get into treatment, which saved his life. God can use broken things. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, this is all well and good, but it's a little too dramatic for me. Let me tell you this. Sometimes, the most powerful thing we can do for another is out of our own brokenness and experience to sit with someone in empathy and put an arm around their shoulder and say those two magic words, me too. I understand. Me too. All of us, every single one of us, is capable of doing that with God's help because God uses broken things. The Apostle Paul tells us that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. All things are not good. Some things are, in fact, very bad and very painful in this world. But our God will not waste your life. God longs to gather up all of who you are and what you have experienced and work within that to pour out grace and love into the world. Do you love God? That just means opening your heart to him. Are you called according to his purpose? Of course you are. We are all called to be a part of God's redemption of this world. Have you known pain? Do you feel flawed? Have you experienced brokenness? There is hope because our God uses broken things. And more than that, our God loves them, and that includes people like me and you. Will you pray with me? Most loving God, we give you thanks for even in our brokenness, you are at work for good. Open our hearts to you, O Lord, that you may work in our lives and gather up all of who we are to bless the world in your holy name. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.